When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. Me and a guest, ranking Star Wars, and today's going to be a great one. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download on us. That's right. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center and get an audio book on us. We always like to recommend something. We had one on the main show this week, but you know what? Have you tried my book, Why We Love Star Wars? It's a, it is on there. You can uh, check it out and try it out on Force Center, which helps the brand uh, all around. So go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center for more information. I I can't wait to get to this episode, and well, it's here. Um, this guest is making his debut on the Force Center podcast feed, and well, if Force Center is a cult, he is a recent convert to our way of looking at Star Wars. Please welcome, from Screen Junkies, you might know him as Billy Biz, Billy Patterson. Oh, thanks, Ken. I, I've been binge listening to Force Center, and it's <laughs> it's changed the way that I've looked at Star Wars mm. It just in general, so I'm yeah. happy to talk about uh, a controversial part of Star Wars. <laughs> well, you requested this, and we're going to get to uh, the show here, and we're calling this the... Uh, I always, always funny, I always kind of change the titles as I go along there, but this one is going to be uh, the best things of the special editions. Now, that's something that's been talked about all over the internet. You can find a lot of videos. You can find what you hate about them. And we've talked about that here in Force Center. Um, Jedi Rock's not going to be on my list. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but there's absolutely a lot of things we, we love about them. But beyond just some of the scenes and individual little things which are in this list, we also have some, uh, have some bigger concepts that Billy's going to share. And, and all that comes together because, Billy, you are kind of a special edition generation fan. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because, the, you know... Anytime that they talk about, oh, Star Wars is coming back to Blu-ray or new yeah. issues, it's like, I'm not buying if it's not the originals. I hear you. I get it. As you. someone that has a degree in film, the historical, I want those originals too. Yeah. But I hear you. Hear me. That's the <laughs> Star Wars you grew up with. This is the Star Wars I grew up with. It's like yeah. when you uh, you tape mm-hmm. uh, you tape them, or when you were old, yeah. when you're young, you would tape a movie on TV, and then Absolutely. there's commercial breaks. But yeah. when you buy the real VHS and you watch, you're like, wait a second, there's supposed to be a break here. That's how I feel when the Jabba scene's not there. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Where's Jabba the Hutt? Where's Hutt? Yeah. Where's Boba Fett staring at the camera like, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, uh, that's, what I, that's what I love about this. And, and, well, our way of looking at it here at Force Center uh, is, is, is celebrating all things and, and trying to find what we love within those things and, and having fun with the things we don't love, which sure. we could easily do, uh, things we hate about the special editions or prequels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and sometimes it's fun to dive into, but, but this is definitely uh, a positive look at these things. And I, it, it's actually pretty easy to find uh, things to be positive about in the special editions. But uh, you personally, though, 
Uh, I've known you for a few years now. Uh, it's funny. We never really, I think we may have crossed paths when I was doing some Wizard World stuff and you were working over there. Sure. Um, but then you come over to Screen Junkies, first as a TV Fights contestant, and then, yeah. you, then you took my job. No, um, <laughs> and you, you handed me your <laughs> handed job. handed you the job. <laughs> In that time, I, I'm not going to call you a negative fan at all, but you do have, you know, hot takes is your thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. And sometimes you, you can get tear into something, or other times you're kind of like, my hot take is I really love this. Right. And with Star Wars, you've gone on a little bit of a journey with Rogue One, and you yes. and I have done two broadcasts about Rogue One. Yeah. One we had to redo, but... Um, and after listening to some Force Center stuff, it, it, you you told me your view of Rogue One has changed. Yeah, I I kind of almost feel like an imposter. I really thought, <laughs> do I pull that episode down because now it feels disingenuous? Oh. After we did our episode, and I was like, here's what I don't like about Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, just listening to you and Joseph and Jennifer and mm -hmm. talking about like maybe there's always going to be things you don't like, mm -hmm. but if you watch it just with your arms <laughs> folded, waiting for those moments, yeah. that's what's going to happen. So I watched yeah. it again afterwards and I thought, uh, you know, release the negative thoughts, right. follow what they're showing me. And it just, it felt like I saw it for the first time. Like I felt the pain of Cassie and Andor. I'm like, what a sad guy. What a <laughs> yeah. sad story. I want to yeah. know more about Cassie. It just, I don't know why I couldn't mm. tell you the force was flowing through me. There and now go. like, I, I really enjoy Rogue One. Which is awesome because you use the phrase that I always joke about and use, and, and it was the special edition commercial. See it again for the first, first time. time. yeah. And that really got all of us. I mean, we were going to go to the theater in sure. there at that time. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I really love that. I love that, and that's a testament to what Joseph and Jennifer brought to me as a Star Wars fan, and, and then we all kind of put down on, on audio tracks here. So uh, welcome to the Force Thank Center Thank you. Family. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I can't wait to talk Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, too pumped. With a positive bent. Uh, let's uh, set up the context. All right. So for me, 97 special editions, some rumors I've been in film school, uh, film courses, I should say, pre preparing to go to film school until radio took me away from it. And all the buzz was Star Wars might be coming back, the power of the Force figures in 95 return, and then uh, I have some magazines I've even read here on this network of, like, the rumors of the new things, and, and also this pops up, and it was like, what? George is redoing this. So for me, it was, um, you know, uh, I was in, uh, you know, tw 21 range, bought tickets with my friends, and we went to Festival Cinemas in Royal Grand at 10 a.m., and we were very conscious adults seeing something again for the first time. Uh, you, uh, a few years younger, lucky, um, Take me to where, how, and when, and why, and all the things about you seeing the special editions. I'll try to make this as uh, mm. as tight and succinct as possible. You don't have to. I, then I'm going to ramble for the next three hours. Uh, 1996, I remember vividly. It was Matthew Nishina's birthday party. Oh, Matthew. Uh, sleepover. Yeah. Uh, they put on A New Hope was on. Yeah. And it was, I remember walking into the room and it was the droids in the desert and Tatooine. I was like, this is boring. I don't like it. Boo. <laughs> Cut the cake. Um, fast forward a year later, I'm yeah. 10 years old. The The perfect age for Star Wars is 10 years old. Okay. I, I feel like that's, yeah. that's George would be like, you are my target. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 10 years old. The special editions are coming out. It's president's day weekend. Yeah. And on the news, it's there, uh, there, there are lines around the block for this movie, Star Wars. I was like that movie that I was like, <laughs> really? And I remember Friday night, it was on the news, Saturday night on the news. Yeah. And I started to get a weird sense of FOMO. I yeah. was like, I, I got to see this, even though I know I don't like it, but there's lines around the block. 
took me to the theater. Uh, it it's was, got desert robots. Yeah, I don't want to see I, desert robots. I was like, maybe did I? Did, maybe I saw the wrong thing or whatever. Yeah. And every story you've heard of of your favorite creator saying like, yeah, when the star destroyer comes over Tatooine, yeah. I was hooked. Twenty years later, it Boom. did the same thing to me. Yeah, and my. President's Day weekend, 1997, February. It changed my life. Yeah. It's, it's, I know it sounds corny and overdramatic, but I was no. like, 20 years later, this thing is like, wow. Yeah. You know? Which is, it's crazy also to think, 97, only 20 years. At the time, I remember right. thinking, wow, two decades ago. Now yeah. it's like, that's like last week for us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, The Matrix is 49 years old this week. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great experience. And, and I've mentioned before here that, you know, my old Jedi Alliance co-host, Maude Garrett, she, that was her first experience, seeing it, a special editions. And and that that is one of the reasons we might be discussing of why it's so good. Um, and you walked out of the first one. What, were, what was like your first we were like, I've seen the light and must collect robot toys. Like, <laughs> um, so like I said, it was, it was, you know, February Yeah. and my grandma bought me, uh, it was cause all the star Wars toys were now starting to sell out really yeah. fast. She bought me, it was like Han Solo wearing a vest. He never wore in the movies. <laughs> it was like orange and had this huge jet pack that he never yeah, wore. Yeah. And a Luke Skywalker who was buffer than, oh, you yeah. know, the rock is yeah. now. And yeah. he had like a desert skiff and a Darth Vader. And it was like those three toys will now always that's to me is star Wars because yeah. that's where it started. And, uh, awesome. yeah. N- yeah. The next day, like literally the next day I was like, I want star Wars bed sheets. I want star Wars, everything. And I was like, Just like wait me. a second, yeah. there's two more movies coming, you which know? was the best part of the trailer in the theater. Cause again, even I, I try to remember when I actually was like, this is really happening. And it might've been in the theater seeing a trailer because even though it had movie news magazines and everything, yeah, it wasn't yeah. as obviously wasn't as uh, pre-internet. So I think my friend had prodigy. You could sign up in and get some information, but um, yeah, I, I, I love the trailer. Cause it was like, see it again for the first time. And then, also, then it was like, and then on March 11th. Right. And then again on March 20th, you're like, Oh, oh there's like a conversation that the trailer was, was having. With it was you. like the little TV playing. And then the X wing just oh, bursts boom. through it. And you're like, Whoa. For, yeah. yeah. What was I fix? I uh, forget the exact, uh, it was like for over a generation. generation. This is the way you yeah. many have seen star Wars. It's now. a great trailer. It's a, yeah. just in marketing in general, like look it's it up really on good. YouTube. It's a great trailer. See it again for the first time. So we're going to do that here. We are going to take a look, a Force Center look, a Star Wars ranked look at the best things in the special editions. Me and Billy have five things. We might toss in some honorable mentions along the way. We go five to one. You all know the drill. It's simple. Get it, get it. Good, Billy. We are here with your number five. Yeah, so my number five, uh, you know, even just looking around where we're recording, there's a ton of iconic yeah. Star Wars art. You know that poster. Yeah. But for me, the special edition posters, the Drew Struzan posters yeah. are, that is Star Wars. That is yeah. that is the art for A New Hope. Anything else, it's like, that's cool, a, a B international teaser, whatever. This is the art. And uh you know, yeah. when you look at those three posters yeah. and then you look at what they did for the prequels and you put all six of them together, like I said, it, it, yeah. it creates this visual tapestry of the saga of the Skywalkers, like a quilt or yeah. a mural, you know? 
Yeah. No, no, keep going. I, I you know, you, you got the form here. No, I, I'll cut I just, in in uh, a bit. look, they, I'll have this dance later, <laughs> sir. They still, it's still, uh, it drives me crazy that, uh, Luke is the wrong Luke invader on the return yeah. of the Jedi poster, but who cares? Whatever. Who cares? It's, okay. it's, a. uh, I just think like, you know, Drew Struzan is just such a legend and so everything good. that he touches, it's like the John Williams thing where it's just yeah. that becomes iconic, but it's like the, the color palette, the kind of like pink, purple, orange of a new hope and that kind of icy blue purple of empire. But then like the, yeah. the greens and the blues in, in return of the Jedi, like that to me is I have, uh, I have those posters at home. Yeah. It's my iPad wallpaper. Like that is Star Wars art. It's it's a great point and a great way to kick off our list because that's what we're looking more than just the movies, which which is a lot of what we do here at Force Center, uh, just looking at the big picture. And the art is great. It's so mid-90s for me, and I mean that in a good way, and also just, uh, wow, you got a Seinfeld shirt on as we're recording. <laughs> like, you look back now, and I'm like, that seemed... That was modern times when I lived it, but none of those clothes are modern. Sure. Um, it's so weird, but yeah, you look... So I look back at the at the... Uh, you know, the, the Star Wars poster from that time. And in a way, I, I won't use the word eclipsed because that might ruffle some feathers, but I know what you mean where that, I I see that more. That's probably what George wants people to believe. I But I have a, here uh, the one of the original Star Wars posters, uh, Alan Ladd Jr. signature on it, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, and this is, uh, uh, you know, the classic buff shirt ripped open Luke, sexy lay on his leg and the two droids, R2 and 3PO kind of, kind of looking like they do in the movie, the shadow of it. I mean, that's classic and that's star Wars, but I got to tell you, I think in my mind, I see the font mm-hmm. of the special edition posters more than I see anything in this poster. So that's a great starting point. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, tying into the prequels, I just, I love the idea, you know, back in one of my old apartments where I didn't have to share uh, anything <laughs> and I had full jurisdiction over what up in the walls. I had all six, yeah. uh, all six of those posters. And it just creates, like I said, like you almost don't even need to know the story and you mm. can follow it just yeah. looking at all six going like, I see the progression of this little boy to the end of the return of the yeah. Jedi poster and every, like it ebbs, it flows in the most beautiful Ooh, poetic yeah, yeah, yeah. star Wars way. You know, I want that on my wall now. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> great. It does. And that's what it should do. And, and that's why I think we have such high expect high expectations for all star Wars posters and cover yeah, art now. Absolutely. Uh, and it might go to that, uh, not to take anything away from the classic ones, which no, are great as well. Not. Empire might be my favorite, the classic Empire, the 80 and 80, 1980 version. But that's a great place to start. That's why it's number five on your list. We go to my number five, and I'm going into the movie with Biggs Darklighter. That's right. I, I try to think, try to put myself back into my uh, my own mind in 1997, and this was one of the things that got me really excited because I was one of those fans who, who had read the novel, um, the Alan Dean Foster ghost-written novel, and had known there was more. And then the pictures emerged. I used to check out this book in the library, and it had Biggs with the cape and the jacket on Tatooine and everything, and very aware of who this character was and very aware that there was more out there. And there's a lot of other things that we knew as Star Wars fans at the time that were out there, and some of them got into the movie, uh, much to our uh, later chagrin, uh, looking at you, Jabba. No disrespect to your love of that scene, but uh, I, I'm like, where's the Scottish guy going on, my boy? And now I got a cartoon. Different conversation, different podcast. But Biggs pops up. He didn't come up in the beginning of the movie, but he pops up 
and he and Luke have a moment, and it really adds to just the character, the look of Luke later. Uh, it feels like a loss, and it's more than just this thing. And it was one of those I walked out, and that was one of the conversations I want to wanted to have with a lot of friends at the time. Only my friend Joel really was a Star Wars fan, my friend Casey too. But but uh, of the people I saw it with that day, they were kind of like, cool, what's for lunch? And I'm like, Biggs, did you guys see Biggs? <laughs> And there, of course, the other scene that was originally there, I believe, and they've taken it out, is, is Garvin Ga- Dave Gra- uh, Drace, Red Leader, going, Skywalker. Well, I knew your father. Like, yeah. no, you, no, you didn't. No, you, you didn't. Promise you, didn't. you, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. Um, but they kept the big stuff in there, and I loved it so much. It was just fun to have that added wrinkle in. Yeah, and uh, you also get a, a sense of how they vet their pilots. You know how to fly this thing? Mm-hmm. All right, you're in. <laughs> the recruiting process is very simple to, for the rebellion. To anyone who questions some of the other Star Wars characters <laughs> in the sequel trilogy and their magical abilities, uh, this was absolutely employment. Uh, but but it's great. Way, I, I actually I love that addition, and that's another yeah. one where you know I mentioned earlier where it's like, hey, where's that thing? You know, I, when you go back and I, I had watched the originals, non-special yeah, yeah. editions, I was like. Well, where's his, where's where's his the friend? Yeah, where's his friend that he yeah. later? Uh, I need that scene. I love. I almost got. I want to. Uh, almost want to rewatch the scene. I saw it recently at the uh, Silicon Coast Film Society presentation of the movie, and Dave Drace kind of has when he's like, "Are you sure you can fly this?" And Biggs is like, "Oh, this is the best bush pilot everywhere." And it's almost like he's like, "Whatever." Yeah. <laughs> All right, just uh, we're gonna die anyways. Good luck to you, kid. Just find a helmet and uh, just get going, I guess. See you in the afterlife. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and it's one of those things that I, um, and I know some folks who clamor, to clamor for the original uh, versions is fine, but I have some people who I, I've been around and just like, won't watch the special editions. Big fan of Star Wars, won't watch them. And totally where I respect that, I'm like, but then you miss, these are the moments and the characters and the added wrinkles that you miss. And I don't know if I would want to see the original. I want to see the original version. I, I own them on VHS, by the way, but a lot of people do, but like, I, I, I would miss it. I would miss this scene. Yeah, easy. definitely. So, uh, th- those, any time that you can get a nugget more of character building in this world, yeah. like give it to me, give it all to and, me. And that doesn't go out into the, it's not like, t- it doesn't take you out to left field and then brings you back in. Like it, it flows enough to where I, you know, I know a lot of deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. And most of it seems to be pacing of the story in sure. movies, but this one, it, it, it sticks around enough and sticks around in the world where it flows. So that's why it's my number five. Big's Dark Ladder, and I put an exclamation on that on my list, and you did this, uh, you put an exclamation on this one as well, oh, you're yeah. number four. Let's so, I know you're not a huge fan of the legends, uh, but you know, it's kind of weird, the psychology of a 10-year-old's brain, because sure. I knew that there were Star Wars books out there, like, right. I, I was well aware, but for some reason, Shadows of the Empire, you know, when I'm 10, I'm like, oh, that's a real Star Wars thing. The other ones. I think are, that's fair. I think yeah. it was positioned as that. Yeah. I mean, it was like you had you had video games and soundtracks and toys. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's real Star Wars. Yeah. I had the junior novelization of the novelization oh, of wow. Shadows of the Empire. Wow. Um, so this was one that I didn't catch right away. This was oh, yeah. one that like you find out down the road. But I was like, wait a second, are you telling me 
that when they get to Moss Eisley and there's a ship on the screen, pause my blurry little VHS that's shaking back and forth like we're in an earthquake because the tracking is terrible. Are you telling me that that is Dash Rendar's Outrider? Are you telling me that Dash Rendar is real and he's (laughs) in this movie? It's all real. It's It's like finding out that like, like Santa Claus is real. You know, it's, yep. it's like a galaxy quest from like, it's all real. It's all like, real. It's right there. Dash Rindar. You can, you can wipe that thing all the way off the cannon, mm-hmm. but Dash Rindar lives and the outrider is in a new hope. And I, I loved Dash Rindar. He was, Dash. he was like one of my favorite characters, yeah. which, and, and I never saw him on the screen, but just seeing like even the nugget, like he's there. And that means that someday, some way, <laughs> maybe there's an adventure to be told. Maybe we can find out yeah. where he went, where he was going, how he got hooked up with them, but he exists. And I, I just love that even though like all that stuff got moved to legends, like yeah. Dash Rendar still there. The yeah. Outriders there. Look, the ship is there and the model comes back again in Rebels, but Jason Fry really cements it last year or so with one of the books leading up to Solo, which had Dash's name in there. So, right. Uh, that's for any doubter that goes, ah, that's just the ship. No, no, we can say it is now. And yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of dash again, a little bit. It's not even age uh, generation. It's just like, I, I wasn't as plugged into, it. I played the game yeah. and it worked for me as a game, but I didn't go beyond that, but that's just me. That's my journey. This is your journey. But I do love the little wrinkle that the ship's there much like I love the Falcon and revenge of the Sith. Right. Because it opens up, and this is why I love the idea of, of Disney Plus shows or what, what can we do and why I love this time period around every corner there could be a little story to tell. And Mandalorian, we're going to get that. Who knows? Dash may show up in Mandalorian. If there's any spot for him, the Mandalorian. A little background spot. I mean, if you, Maybe Bill Burr is Dash Rendar. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to actually watch me as a 33-year-old man... <laughs> Vomit in excitement. It would be <laughs> just put Dash Rindar in the Mandalorian. It was one of those things where, like, mm-hmm. that was one of the uh, like you know in the first crop of Star Wars toys that right, I had. Right. Yeah, that was um, in that line in the Power of the Force two line. Right. Uh, I you know when you're at that point, I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, and it's like you have to read four books a quarter, and it's like, well, I'm going to read Shadows of the Empire, and I'm yeah. going to make my little diorama book project with my little Dash Rindar. Ooh, yeah, yeah. She's or and and guess what? He's actually in the movie, so it all counts. Yeah. Again, it's like the weird logic of a ten-year-old that's like, oh. oh, this is real Star Wars, but and you know. I it it is it's George's relationship with legends all through uh, the time, even when the legends were rolling out new in front of us, has always been a little weird. Like he he didn't really acknowledge it. He totally was like, eh, there's a bunch of books, but they're not just my movies. Yeah. But him and his team and a lot of the team worked on special editions. I think, you know, uh, McCallum and everyone, they, they start making their way to the prequels too. But it also speaks to them going, hey, we love this too. And let's put this in, have fun. And George, you know, obviously slid some stuff into the prequels, uh, Quinlan Voss, the 501st from, from the charity organization, everything. Like he he was aware when something came across that he liked, he had fun with it. And so I think it speaks to that too. But even back in 97, or when did it come later? I'm trying to think, was it straight in 97 or one of the later? It's one of those, it must have been because I feel like I paused it on a VHS. I, like, it makes sense. Yeah. And we'll, we'll look that up. And, and, and to clarify too, for this list, special editions, we are talking uh, not just the, the theatrical release 97 versions, but this there's so many different versions. I don't remember which one's right. the 
DVD, which one's the Blu-ray, which one's the <laughs> super VHS tape. I don't know. We're talking about all of them, George Silva, the Tinker. So, but but anyways, it's a powerful testament to people at Star Wars going, let's have some fun. There's something, there's something also just like, I don't know, gratifying or just kind of justified where you're just like, yes, this thing that I invested in, it like right. matters and yeah. means something. So that was really cool for me. What else? I'm telling I'm I'm going on the, I'm gonna predict. Bill Burr's Dash Rendar now. No, no, I'm, I'm backing off that. Um, my number, that's your number four. My number four is Cloud City, Moss Eisley, and the locations that feel bigger and better. This one comes a, up a lot on, on a lot of lists. Cloud City is one of the more positive changes. Uh, the Cantina, yeah, there's some changes in it. I, I, I don't like it. Some of it I'm actually fine with, but some of the favorite little monsters and everything. But, you know, George... George wanted to tinker with a cantina because he was always disappointed. You hear, you hear Mark Hamill. There's the the shadows of the uh, not shadows of the empire, empire of dreams. And he got that in my head. <laughs> the empires of, uh, of dreams, doc. I was just watching again because it's on Amazon Prime now. And Hamill talks about he's like, uh, you know, we we read the script and, and I'm paraphrasing, but just like, wow, it was so cool. And we got there, and we're like, what is this? Like, there's an alien in there. There's like a werewolf. Like what? So I understand him tweaking that, but I'm talking about Cloud City. Moss Eisley and uh, adding, we're going to talk a little bit, some stuff added later, but things that we knew and love kind of felt bigger. And when they drive into take away some of the comedy of the Jawa falling off the Ronto and all that stuff, I'm okay with that. But even, even the, you know, the, the Banthas and hearing them moving kind of with them uh, with, uh, with Jabba going to, to the sail, the second sail barge to the Sarlacc pit and just going into Moss Eisley back in a new hope. And then definitely Cloud City, which just looks so much, so much better. I just love that George was like, let's, now that I can, this is why I wanted to do this. I was shooting with no budget and then most, uh, you know, still trying to struggle with money, even if it was my own by 80 and 83. Alan Ladd Jr. leaves after budget problems and, and kind of uh, everyone's upset at him and the deal that went wrong and all the stuff, great story stuff there. So I like that George was like, no, this is why I wanted to do this. I get to go back and fix things and make it bigger. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember when those special edition VHS came out. Yeah. Before the movie would start, they would give you, like, a little, it was like a little five-minute mm. featurette that would tell you, here's all, like, the changes that we made. Right. And uh, yes. that's the, uh, really, for me, that was the only time that I actually knew what was being yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, seeing, like, opening up Cloud City, mm. it just, it, it didn't feel gratuitous. No, it felt no, like, worked, yeah. yeah, it feels very organic. Same with me, like, I always think you know like i i bought those uh the dvd that had the the special edition on one disc and then like the, the yeah. original on the second one and when you watch a new hope it's like man when they're combing the desert it's like two dudes yeah and yeah. then but you know in in this there's like do backs and it's yeah. like oh no they're they're really they're looking like, over. and i feel like those enhancements like yes sure Sure, yeah. the size noodles, the the your job yeah, yeah. is whatever. But when you're adding to the narrative, it's like no, they're really looking. They didn't just yeah. send three guys down there to to search a whole desert planet. Yeah. Like those are the additions that I like. And what I love about that too, and I, you made me think of the Death Star, the Han chase sequence, and they add more stuff in. I, yeah. I like that too. But I, even like on Hoth, uh, when the, the rebels are lining up there and they're waiting for the walkers. There's more turrets and and of the the little uh, other gu- the little sh- uh, satellite guns, um, all those things. Like it, it just it makes more sense. It just looks like yeah, they're ready for war. It's not like two guns and the Norwegian ski team <laughs> waiting. It's like uh, we we have a rebel alliance here uh, ready to fight and. 
stormtroopers, more stormtroopers in Tatooine on Mos Eisley. They added a couple there. Like, yeah, uh, and, and, and you mentioned the Dubex. This is what I wanted to focus in on. The, it's not the best tech. Like, uh, the CGI of it has not held up in that sequence. It's, sure. it's clunky and everything. But I've never, I think I had more of a problem with it then. Going, oh, that seemed kind of weird. I mean, I'm 21 going, I liked it, but the, the, the Stormtrooper and the Dubek seemed like, uh, you know, on a Commodore 64. They've And they've done a little bit to work it out. But now that doesn't even hold me up because I'm exactly where you are. I'm like, yeah, this is this it's a, a little garrison going down, a little search right. tape. Yeah. Yeah. You guys always talk about like, you know, your head cannon, your yeah. emotional cannon. It's like I can I can disregard some of the like, yeah, that's 1997 or 2000 yeah, yeah, totally. CGI. If it if it keeps me invested in what's happening on screen, right? Yeah, and that, and that's uh, and that's one of the things I love. I, I I don't think again. I don't know if you, if I watch the originals and when they go into Moss Eisley, I think. Ah, uh, now I like I like I like the special edition version. I even like the wider kind of the shot of Obi Wan's hut. Yeah. And everything, just little tiny things pulling out a little farther on the sand crawler, sand crawler, not cruiser, excuse me, with the jaw was like George was able to just to make it a little bit bigger galaxy and didn't have the limitations. So uh, that's why it's my number four, which means we're up to your number. Three. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all big and small with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Three. So this is we were talking about. We're we're cheating a little bit. We're 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 including some of the later stuff, but right. I, I think this was first introduced maybe with the DVDs. I don't remember, yeah, but yeah, it could be. Uh, I really do, and and this is where some fans. I I hear you. If you don't like this, I get it. I hear you. I'm with you. <laughs> This works for me tying in some of the prequel stuff. Yeah. I think like the, my, my biggest favorite ones are uh, adding Naboo to the end montage. Mm -hmm. Actually that end Mm -hmm. montage, just by the way, in general, I know a lot of people were upset that the Ewok song is gone. I sorry, hundred percent would it. it, I never liked that when I saw the original, Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. This doesn't feel weighty. So interesting. That perspective again. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I love the Yub Dub celebration. I I really do. But I I think, and we've talked about a lot of Force Center. But I I think I'd go towards what we have now over Yub Nub. Yeah, I think Yub Nub will always exist. I have the CDs. I can listen right. to it. I have the VHSs. I can watch it. But it, it just is more more epic yeah it just doesn't um, like when i finally saw i was like oh like it just doesn't emotionally hit the same for me as like this beautiful like like kind of melancholy but celebratory music that john williams wrote you know well because with the original again george is limited george is limited by the time and and the team um beautiful it it works it's still beautiful it's still there you still have the moment with with luke and burning vader and everything um uh, and you still have lando clapping but you have fireworks, not unlike the ones I'd see at Disneyland. <laughs> Real life earth fireworks, you know, um, fly by a little bit. Some Ewoks start dancing. And it's a, and again, it is a great song. I would love to do it at karaoke, but 
I, I got to imagine George for years looking at and going, but this is the story of victory in the galaxy. I have like you don't. It wasn't just a victory on Endor. It right. just would make sense to me that he'd want to do this. Yeah, and so when you finally get the chance to like, I, I love, love maybe in my top five favorite visual moments of Star Wars. Yeah, is the image of that statue just crumbling oh, yeah. on Coruscant, yeah. um, and and adding in Naboo at the end, where mm-hmm. it's just like. Yeah, like I've been on this journey since yeah. episode one. I know it's strange because episode one comes years later, but sure. if you're watching this in the way that George wants you to, it's like yeah, yeah. I've been on this journey for so long, and it just reminds you, like, remember where we started? Remember when the where the Empire was right. kind of quietly born and this one trade dispute on Naboo? They're free. We're all free. And I I know again, I get it. No. I, people hate it, but I love that it's it's mm-hmm. Anakin Hayden Anakin. Okay, let's I I I I I have no passion towards defending Sebastian Shaw being in there sure. other than I like that he's in there. Um he has great eyebrows, man. But <laughs> if you've got yeah, I hear you. Here, here's here's what I have to say because uh, uh, one of the common criticisms I hear of that is, well, how how does Luke know who this young guy popping up is? Right, and right. What I would say is, I have seen yearbook photos of my parents, and I'm not <laughs> bewildered as to <laughs> who is this person. I, if Luke is as strong in the Force as I think he is, yeah. I think he can put two and two together. That. Most likely that is his father. And honestly, the last time, and this is where it's like, you know, the clone wars and all this fights and like Anakin was our hero. I want to see our hero restored to who he was. Right. I get it. It's not the most flattering take Mm -hmm. that Hayden gave. And he's even said in interviews, like I knew that's what they were going to do. I wouldn't (laughs) maybe look like a creeper just like staring like, hello. Uh, uh, uh. Um, But I love the, I love the thought. I love the thought that it's like, this is who you're, you know, you wanted to know who your father was. Yeah. This is him. It's not that old guy. It's this was Anakin Skywalker. That's a great, really beautiful point. You just said, Billy of Luke, Luke, throws down his blade to to save his father by sacrificing himself. It leads to the redemption. He has to burn him. His father's dying in front of him. Uh, and go read the Return of the Jedi novel for how beautiful that scene is where Luke is crying on him and, and he's taking, feeling the salt of the tears and tasting the salt of the tears of Luke on him. It's a beautiful moment. Um, to take that moment and, and it's, it's kind of the force telling Luke, you did it. You've done good, kid. And you you get to see what you just said. You want to know what your fa- who your father was? You never got to know that that person? Here's what he was. Here's who he is. That's powerful. Yeah. Powerful stuff. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it so much. And, and you know, it, again, like I said with the Naboo thing, like, it makes me feel when watching all of them that I've been on this journey. And that's it's the story of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And, and to see it come full circle, that promise fulfilled, that Qui-Gon was the one outlier that's like, yeah. I know this is what's going to happen. Like, that's that's amazing stuff. Yeah. It, it's not like, with, with putting in Hayden, 
It's not like Kit Fisto's there. <laughs> yeah. Huh? This is not, Who's that? This is not Yaddle showing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Yoda found someone in the afterlife. Yeah, neat. Yeah. You know? neat, <laughs> neat, neat. Um, yeah, that uh, that's good. So it's, uh, that's powerful stuff. The prequel tie-ins, totally agree. Any more to that point? Yeah, I, I look, there's, there's other stuff too. Like, it always kind of bothered me the, you know, the... When you watch it all, you're like, who's that weird psoriasis looking emperor that just has like a big puffy eye and (laughs) doesn't sound quite right. And then, you know, I like that they went back and fixed it. And then, uh, you know, within the the novels and the comics, that Mm -hmm. moment even takes on more context and you realize like... Vader and, and the yeah. Emperor, they are not simpatico. They yeah. are not on the same wavelength. And it makes so much more sense, you know, like Vader has his agenda and the Emperor mm-hmm. has his agenda and Luke has an agenda away from those two. So I love that. I, I It doesn't bother me. I kind of like that, that uh, Boba's voice was dubbed mm-hmm. over. I just, I like... I like it all to play together. I want all my yeah. food on my plate mashed together. Well, I, as do I. I want some food. Uh, great <laughs> stuff. And we're going to come back to the McDermott thing here uh, because I think it's a it's a great choice. But uh, we're going to go to my number three now, which is uh, I'm saying The Empire Strikes Door. And this is, of course, the title of the documentary by Force Center friend Jamie Stangroom. It's coming out. Um, and uh, actually, by the time this episode airs, like, yeah, it might be out um, uh, on Jamie Stangroom's YouTube channel. Jamie's such a good guy, too, by the way, folks. If you, you need to support good people in Star Wars, Jamie is definitely one of them. Such a good pal to the show and to us. And... Um, that's his documentary, which is about the stormtrooper hitting his head, which was a long-held, and we talked about it for Cinemantia recently, just an, a long-held thing that we didn't all pick up right away. Joseph and I both came to it a little bit later. I think a lot of people did when it was easier to pass around information. Um, but I love that Lucas himself and his team leaned into it and said, oh, yeah, this famous mistake, conk, you'll hear it. It's now in the movie. The stormtrooper hit his head and it inspired this entire thing. And now Jamie gets to do this documentary and who actually did it because there's no real record of it. And it's become a thing, a little little inside joke, a little uh, in the 90s. Again, was this real shared like, hey, do you know? Oh, yeah, I do know. Now this is George's way of saying I know too. And that's why I really love that moment. It's so funny that you say like in the nineties, like, did you know, do you know? Because I was definitely, you know, once we got these on VHS, you couldn't put anything else in the VCR. So my, my mom, and I've talked about my mom before, just always fostering my love of whatever thing I was into. She was, and I met your mom at your wedding wedding, and we talked about this and she was very (laughs) happy. She was like, I made him the geek that he is. And, and she's a hundred percent right. I mean, the poor woman had to watch these movies over and over and over, but the, the hitting the head on the door, that was kind of like our, did you, did you see that? Did you see that? And that became, that became kind of our, our thing that I'm sure we, thought we discovered this this oh, yeah, yeah. this blooper but that was just such like one of those things where it's like at the end of the day like I love Star Wars I I do take Star Wars very seriously probably and sometimes more seriously than mm. I should but mm. there are some fun silly little things in Star Wars it just reminds you like oh yeah like we're all just we're all just make yeah. believe it's all you know that's <laughs> all we're all just playing you know? yeah and, and and a sub note to this is uh, the open the blast doors close the blast doors line kind of um, pops up. It's kind of in conjunction with this one too, with the stormtroopers now now yelling like he's like, "I'm gonna trap them!" Clope, oh crap! Open the blast doors! Open the blast doors! It's, it's um, hilarious. It's George having fun with it too, because George, you know, for every Greedo shoots first moment, George is protective and and enjoys this 
this franchise, at least on the most part. I know we don't have this on our list, but real quick. Yeah. Greedo, the Han Greedo thing. Yeah. I might be the only person on the planet's like, it's fine. doesn't bother me. This is I your don't. hot takes, man. Um, I don't care now. I still disagree with it more than any. Jedi Rocks is my least favorite sequence, but it doesn't take away bigger themes or lore. doesn't affect any of that stuff. Sure. I would argue with George on this one, other than what are you going to, you can't argue with the creator. Um, but now I don't watch it now and grumble. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm over it. Sure. Yeah. I'm over it. And I think in solo, they answered it beautifully. Yeah, um, exactly. So I'm, I'm with you to a degree there. See, I love your hot takes. Your hot takes aren't always negative. Sometimes your hot takes no. are, Hey, try ever try liking something. <laughs> I just always, people like, he just, that's his character arc. He's a cold blooded killer. And then he turns into this thing. I'm like, I, I don't think that's true, but yeah. sure. If that supports it. Well, and I think didn't he, George adjusts it to like a same time, yeah. you know, like yeah, I can yeah, live yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I think that. that's more in line with solo. Sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to derail the show. No, no, just, you you're not the, derailing it. That's, that's usually when people think of special edition. It's yeah. on shot. First. On shot first. Absolutely. Um, so that's my number three, which means uh, we're up to your number two. Yeah. So again, um, <laughs> This is one where I think I went overboard when you asked for for my notes because I literally tracked down photos of everything (laughs) that I wanted to talk about, which was, oh, my God, the merch. Merchandise. The merch strikes back. And my poor mom, who had the hardest time saying no to me, um, (laughs) it was everywhere. And and, and the thing was, too, it was like, you know, you have to remember, you know, I'm 10 years old. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is this is the era of of the McFarland, the Spawn, yeah, yeah. And, and Power Rangers. Yep. All the toy aisles were Power Rangers right. or maybe, you know, some Brett the Hitman Heart or whatever. Like Star <laughs> yeah. Wars, I remember a couple of those orange act carded action figures mm. here and there, but it was like one little teeny tiny section. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Special edition hits. All of a sudden it's like the orange toys are everywhere. Then there's green action yeah. figures. Now we're yeah. expanding. So the toy aisle becomes massively Star Wars, but it's not just the toys. Mm. Every magazine com- uh, cover, Life, right. Time, all these special like poster magazines, all Star Wars. Yeah. You go down uh, all the cereal boxes, Star Wars. So imagine like coming into this movie, yeah. uh, seeing it for the first time, coming out, and not only is there like 20 plus years of comics and books and all this other merch that's already out there, but it's like a new crop of merch. I had my Star Wars folders yeah. for back to school for sixth grade, oh, yeah. my Star Wars backpack. I had Star Wars Velcro shoes. Um <laughs> Going to Taco Bell. I think we ate Taco Bell every day for four months so I could get all the little kids meals. There was like the Rubik's Cube and the the Boba Fett with the huge freaking face so he could like levitate in the rock. Like it was just everywhere. And I think like... Man, I can't like I can't even when Force Awakens or the prequels came out. I don't even like even episode one. I don't like. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but in my in my like in my brain, nothing was Star Wars mania like that. Like that 1997. I mean, 99. It was it was big. I mean, as someone who had all the Pepsi Company uh, Phantom Menace uh, cans, and something who someone who lived in the original generation, like yeah, but. It, 97, uh, 95, even when the power of the force comes back, but by the time special editions, like it's the modern era. Like it, that is the era where it's like, yeah, this is, this is the new 
barometer for what it's like to have merchandise of Star Wars everywhere. Yeah. It, it, it surpassed, I think, not maybe the summer of 77, 78 and the early bird kits once they're all in the world. Like, it, 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 trust me, the Sears catalog was my favorite thing to get and daydream over what to get. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It wasn't just what you were experiencing as a 10 and 11 year old. Like, it wasn't just that perspective. It was as an, as a quote, older fan in his early twenties looking around going, wow, this is, it's okay to be a nerd again. Like, or actually for the first time, right? Like this is the thing I'm in film. I'm in a screenwriting class and, and, and my teacher's talking about it. Like, this is amazing. And I think a lot of it. Yeah. When you turn that, that Toys R Us in Santa Maria, California, if you're a local to my, I think it's still there. I think if there's a Carl's jr. There used to be a circuit city. It's now like a Jones fabrics, but there was a Toys R Us, and, and me and my friend Joel uh, and my friend Gavin, we'd sneak over between classes, not sneak over, we'd classes, screenwriting classes, film production, we'd pop over and just, yeah, the wrestling toys. We went, Me and Joel once fought over an Owen Hart classic WWF figure. Uh, <laughs> I yanked it off the shelf first. Um, rest in peace, Owen. Um, but yeah, it was like every time we went, it was like, what's there, what's there, what's there? And then you're right, it's everywhere. Taco Bell. Yeah. The, the, those that talk about, I think I had to get two. there was one and it's like a, it's like a cube mm-hmm. and it's split down the middle. And there's a, if you look at it one way, it's a full Darth Vader helmet. Yeah. If you look at the other way, it's a full Yoda face. And as a 10 year old, I just wasn't what? smart enough to figure it out. So I had to go back, get another kid's meal, get another one and just yeah. tear that sucker apart. I was like mirrors. <laughs> what? <laughs> think of this, this genius. <laughs> What is this sorcery? <laughs> uh, so that is uh, your number two, mm-hmm. which means we're up to my number two. And we're kind of going back to something you were talking about, number three. And this is Ian McDermott Returns. Yeah, for a long time and for many people in 1980. And even though I didn't, Empire was, a, I saw him such a weird order. Saw Technically saw New Hope first at a drive-in, uh, as I said before. Don't remember it, obviously. It was one. Saw Jedi. Went and saw New Hope or on VHS or pro, actually TV copy. I remember those commercial breaks. And then I saw Empire, right? So I was all over the map. But over time, it just, it never mattered. I just was like, I saw them in order. Just, I was so young. My brain was just molded to remember it that way. But yeah, we have a, an older female playing the emperor, Clive Revel, or as I occasionally like to say, Clive Owen, but Clive Revel voicing him. And that was it until McDarmid comes along and his mid-30s, kills the role, owns the role. As you can see, this year in 2019, we're all waiting for him to come back. And even if it's just his voice, roll it again. That's that, We love this guy. And by the way, he's great in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels as the butler. Um, welcome to hell. Um, his return in this version is is absolutely perhaps the, the best thing that's in the movie that's on the top of my list. Everything else uh, after here is kind of bigger concepts. But this scene... I, you cannot go back in my head. I cannot watch the originals and, 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 and not miss this scene more than any other scene. It works. It has added stuff, uh, little wrinkles and the tension, and it reads so much better and so much different than the original version. And like you said, now in modern canon, they have built – this is one of the moments I think in modern Star Wars canon they have built out from. I think they've gone to this and said, oh, what was at play here? Because George puts this in. How can we How can we put this into a comic? How can we add Charles Soule's thing to, to goes into this? The original Vader comic in 2015 that went for a long time, that plays off this. And it all goes back to this, which is why I think it sinks so much and why we talk about the emotional canon here in Star Wars. When I hear a lot of people, oh, the sequel trilogy doesn't, doesn't connect as much. 
full roar. It connects emotionally, and this is why. This is one of those sequences. It's a powerful thing, and, and why, as we're seeing again now, why would you want to not have E. McDiarmid doing The Emperor? That's my monologue. That's my number two moment. I have nothing to add. You <laughs> took me to church, and uh, here here's my tithe. Uh, yeah, ten percent. <laughs> again, like like I said, no one owns that role. Yeah. I, to me, like you know, you talk about like you can't replace uh, Luke. You can't replace Harrison. I'm like you cannot replace mm. McDermott as as no. the Emperor. He owns that role forever and ever yeah. and ever. And I'm curious, you know, uh, you know, you throw in someone doing a younger Palpatine. I, I'm game for it. I'm game for it. But I will hold that person just uh, to the same standard as everyone and myself include. Includes uh, holding Alden to Harrison, and sure. I and I've said I, I I have the hot take of I think he's better in Solo than Harrison in Return of the Jedi, and people can throw Ewok stones at me. I think he brought it so much in that, but I still hold him up to that. I to the new, especially New Hope and Empire, Han. I hold him up. So I, if if everyone's dream of, of you know Tom Hiddleston becoming young Palpatine in a in a Palpatine series, I'm all for that. But I, you better believe he better hit those things and and includes you know Whitworth does doing the voices or the other people have done the Emperor's voices. They make it their own, but it still has to harken back to McDermott. And as we saw with Star Wars Rebels, you had Whitworth doing a great job. Yeah, does a great job as Emperor. He's so good. They had a chance to get McDermott back. Bye, Sam. <laughs> Sorry. And Sam would agree. <laughs> yeah. You know? So Ian McDermott returns. The Emperor and Vader have their moment. It's so good. It's juicy. So as we always do, we'll toss in a couple. Do you have any honorable mentions, things that aren't on your list? There? Yeah. I, I was hesitant to put this on the list because in my binge listening mm-hmm. of Force Center, you have directly stated that this bothers you. Okay. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like it better. Yeah. Uh, I I know I'm so sorry. Yeah. I like the mouth coming out of the sarlacc pit. Oh, you like the you like the little shop of horrors, sarlacc. Okay. <laughs> I I think it was just because you know, one it will yeah. always be because that's what I saw first. Yeah. And two, it's because it just felt. I don't know. There just seems something when I watch the original, and it's mm-hmm. just this mm-hmm. big hole with a bunch of teeth in it. I guess it was just like. How hard could it be to just use the teeth to just climb right out? But then when you, you know, like, no, I, yeah. what's so bad about that? I've had those conversations as a kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but when you see the head, you're like, oh, no, it's going into yeah, something. Yeah. You're you're donezo if you're in there. So I I know it's a lot of people hate it. I'm so sorry. That's the Don't apologize. Like, don't I like apologize. Um, I'll say this. Yeah, I still don't like the Feed Me Seymour version. However, <laughs> however. Seeing the creature, what it actually looks like now, which which I don't know when the first time a cutaway book came out. I, I don't know. Over the last 10 years or so, it was like, oh, that's what a Sarlacc looks like beneath the sand dunes. Right. It's, again, it's, a little, it's almost like a little pudgy little cute pig. It's, it's got little <laughs> tentacles and it's got a gut. And then in uh, at Galaxy's Edge, which I have not been to yet, but you have, but yes. in, in some of the comics and everything, Doc Ondor has one. Yes. And to see it in action... I, I the design works for me now as much. I still don't fully love it in the movie, but the young one, the little tiny one, I'm like, oh, that that is there's some symmetry to it. It looks good, and and as someone who doesn't like the Rathars, which is basically an old Sarlacc <laughs> running around, uh, I'm good with it there, so I can live with it. All You're right. okay. 
Thank you. You're okay. I, I appreciate you. Uh, this is what accepting. we do here. It's what we do here at Force <laughs> Center. We accept. Uh, any other ones that make the scene? I got. I got one. Uh, not I, I, I would just say size noodles to troll you. So ah. <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, no, I think I've covered uh, a lot yeah. about what I love about these. Uh, my big, the big one that I almost did is is the Wampa sequence. I think a lot of people look to that and just add a detail to it. Uh, and it plays well. It it really flows well. Add some tension of just the new shots of the Wampa. And making it, you know, again, Lucas had to work with what he had to work. And the Wampa terrified me as a kid, but yeah. just seeing a little more. And and because I remember, you know, seeing it, going back to when I saw it in the theater in special edition uh, time, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Like, you know, and, and, and over the years it's been celebrated as one of the bigger things. So that almost would have uh, made my list. I, I like that addition. I think that's one of those scenes where I actually, I feel different types of like mm-hmm. dread and tension for both yeah. versions because there is yeah. something very terrifying about like, you don't really know what's there, but you know, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, but then I also like, Oh, that thing is like, that thing's here to play. Like it's, yeah. it's hungry, you know, and, and seeing the terror. So I like both of them. I like it. It works together. You can have both. So, uh, with that honorable mentions, uh, listed down there, we're going to go to my number one. So the guests can close the show with theirs. Uh, my number one is this. It's a big concept. It ended the dark days of star Wars. We talk a lot about, and you hear us old, us old star Wars fans. We talk about that era. I'll say roughly 86, 87 to 93, is that dark days of Star Wars, which is only six, seven years when you think about it. But, wow, um, you know, uh, it, it was a time where a lot of us from my generation, if you are in my generation, not so, if you were 15 when you saw New Hope, a little different. But if you were my age, uh, saw Return of the Jedi at seven, Star Wars was everything. And then things started, Star Wars went away. It went away, and it was still there, and it was that thing you kind of talked about with some friends, but nerddom wasn't celebrated. Nerd meant something different back then. And I discovered baseball. I discovered my future or not getting girls. I discovered all these things for me. That's my journey. Star Wars faded in the background, but also the media wasn't there. The material wasn't there. And, yeah, Zahn's novel comes, and Zahn's Heir of the Empire is the thing that really starts to turn around. The West End games, the card games are there, too. Those have great value. But I really do think you talked about it with the toys. It brought your generation on. It reinvigorated my generation. And from that point on, though the prequels brought their own things, we can talk about that in another show. And I think 06, 07, there was another kind of weird, not dark days, but, you know, not as bright um, with the prequels in the past. It's never been the same from 97 on. That is the point where I look at and the power of the force figures in 95 uh, coming back are key as well. But it was in the theaters. People talked about it. And now it wasn't just me going to my friends. Hey, we like Star Wars. Let's run some quotes and debate things. It was now I could look at your generation and talk about it as well. And now it just keeps building from there. It ended that period where Star Wars was in the background and brought it to the light. Right. I, I feel like young Luke and Obi-Wan's like telling me about the before the dark times. Before <laughs> so over the a thousand generations, Star Wars fans watched Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating to hear because for me, I guess like mm-hmm. Star Wars didn't, it just wasn't on my radar, so I never thought yeah. about it. And then once it was on my radar, it yeah. never went away, you know? Right. 
but that's and, and again, and it's again to an age, but but yeah, it it um it just started that period because even even after Revenge of the Sith, when a lot of us were like, okay, the pre- it's done, whether you hate them or not, or whatever you wherever you are in your prequel journey. It's done, but then, oh, this Clone War movie is coming in 2008. Uh, we didn't really like that, but oh, the series doesn't seem that bad. Oh, crap, Lucasfilm got sold to Disney. Like, the period of the downtime was there, but also the figures were there. Like, even in 06, you know, Joseph and I and Star Wars Rank, we're, we're taking a little break right now with this episode and then one next week, but, you know, we've been going through all the figure lines, starting with The Power of the Force 2, moving our way up, and it's like, still in 06, 06 to like 09 are some of my favorite Star Wars figures, and I was buying them, so... That was there, but yeah, it it it's interesting you say that that you feel like hey, it's all once I discovered it, it's always been there, and I look at it and go yeah, once the special generation a special edition generation began, Star Wars has always been there. Yeah, it never went down. I still collect the baseball cards for a little bit, um, <laughs> so that's why it's my number one and ended the dark days of Star Wars. But we are up to your number one best thing about the Star Wars special editions. I think, uh, and this, I think my number one kind of encapsulates everything that I feel about the special editions. And it's the Mm -hmm. fact that minus like a special event here or there, I think there was one a few years back where they did it. This was really the last time that Star Wars in a big way was re-released in theaters. This was the last time that you could go see these, you know, on the big screen. And it wasn't just Mm -hmm. like one night only. It was, you know, it was a a regular theatrical engagement. Right. And for me, I'm going to try to get through this without getting emotional because it's, it's, (laughs) I want talking about stuff. I want you to cry (laughs) in your first four centers. Yeah. Let's try not to do that, but (laughs) I can't, I can't, Oh, I can't undersell how much my life, changed president's day weekend 1997 like walking into a theater not watching this at home like i like i watched raiders the lost ark or back to the futures movies that have shaped me but not in the way that like getting to almost like in in hindsight it was like a time machine like the things that 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 first generation's like oh you missed it Uh, i got to see star wars in theater it's like right i got it too yeah. You know, and to me, it was just as real. It was just as valid. And to see Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back for the first time in my life right. in a theater, not Jedi, because I could not wait three more weeks to find <laughs> out what happened to Han. I had to go get the the, the awesome. VH. I, was, I tried so hard awesome. to make it so that all three of them were my first time in the theater. But I was like, I, I'm it's not going to make three it. three weeks. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to make it. But <laughs> And then again. On March, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Sorry, that was the first time that I realized, like, oh, there are changes here because yeah. I had already seen Jedi by that point. But yeah, you know, there was a day where you know, like I said, with my mom, like she took me, and I can't. It must have been a spring break or something, and she took me, and we saw all three movies in the same day in the theater. Wow, we went to all three, and from there, like going to Star Wars with my mom wasn't just like that was like our thing that was a thing like my whole life became wrapped into this it wasn't just the toys it was like yeah it was everything around it and it all started because these movies i got to feel the magic and it's so you can't capture lightning in a bottle and somehow they did it twice i love that yeah it's it's I I will forever like whatever they end up changing whatever stupid Jabba CGI whatever <laughs> nothing will ever take away my gratitude yeah. that 
the special editions existed and were shown in a theater. And I, I can't express how much that meant to me to experience those for the first time. I cannot add to that, sir. Now I'm in your church. Uh, it's powerful. Uh, and uh, you, you held your composure, but I can feel the emotions. And I love what you just said is uh, everyone got to say, hey, I saw it. I saw it in the theater back when I was your age type of thing. Well, I got to do it too. Wow. That's powerful and you are not alone and that is why star wars continued to grow from then and will always grow because it's always someone's first time and seeing it in the big screen it means something i, I you know being part of that central coast film society event uh, in august i got to go host the screen up there and we watched it in a performing arts center yeah. um about 317 people came out and like even my girlfriend it was her first time seeing a new hope on the big screen and it wasn't like a, a traditional movie theater but it was up on a screen that was giant and large and everyone got to cheer and clap and experience it. And there was a lot of people in the crowd that night in August of 2019 that just saw new hope for the first time on the big screen. And to have that pass constantly through generations and it goes back to the special editions. That's why when I run into some bitterness towards it, I will always let you have your bitterness. If you don't like Canto Bite and the last Jedi, we're going to be friends. We're going to be okay. If you don't like the special editions, because you think George made a mistake, that is fine. But the words that Billy Patterson just said here, show me that uh, my instincts are are right on the mark. This is a great thing that they existed and they're in the theater and they're still here. And maybe one day you will get to see the version where, uh, you know, a sock puppet is, yelling at Luke in a cantina. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Billy, thank you for sharing your list, man. That was great stuff. Yeah. I love talking Star Wars. I love the special editions. I promise you as a 10 year old kid, you're not sitting there and be like, well, that CGI looks dumb. (laughs) The magic hit you. And I I felt the magic again, just even just reminiscing and talking about them. Love it. There is magic in Star Wars. Uh, If you guys uh, want to uh, follow Billy and tell him how much you're glad he's here on Force Center. Billy, where can they do that? And also, you know, anything cool coming up with Screen Junkies, let us know. Yeah, well, uh, at Billy A. Patterson uh, on Twitter. And uh, I had I had some unpopular opinions during this episode, but if yeah. you want more, uh, I got a podcast, Hot Takes with Billy Business. You've been on there. We're talking yeah. about one. And at LA Comic Con coming up yeah. uh, here in October, uh, I'm teaming up with the, with the boys from the Nerd Goat podcast. Cast. Okay. We're doing a, a super special event. We're going to do a live uh, show about, uh, it's called Reboot It, and it's if you had to reboot Batman, if you had to reboot oh, a franchise, wow. you don't get a say in it. You have to you reboot have it. To. How are you going to do it? So we're going to do our first episode live at LA Comic-Con. That is great. Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Go follow Billy uh, on Twitter. Uh, Billy Biz, man. Uh, talk some Star Wars. Talk some baseball. Talk all things with Billy. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to KenNapsock.com for information on where to find my book, Why We Love Star Wars, including the audio version, which is out, uh, or upcoming stand-up comedy gigs. I'm writing the baseball column on Flag Sports every Monday. Check that if you're a sports ball fan, though I hate that term, sports ball. It's just sports. Uh, um, head on out and uh, check that out. Uh, also, uh, we want to talk about Force Center. If you have uh, anything to add to this conversation, follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Like our Facebook page. Use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked or the hashtag Force Center or both of them in conjunction. We can find it even that much more easier. We made the switch to Anchor recently and we're very happy uh, to do so. It was for great business reasons. Thank you for your support uh, as the transition kind of happened over the course of a couple weeks. Uh, appreciate your patience for that. Uh, you can get uh, information on 
on our show on fourcenterpod.podomatic.net, though that website should change soon. Uh, and also, uh, don't forget, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash fourcenter. We're building, building toward goals there. Uh, a lot of things going on. All right. That is the end of my business with Billy Business. We have talked about the special editions, and Star Wars has been ranked. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.